What's going on, guys? Today, I got a very special guest. It is Cherie Michelle. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are y'all doing today? Now, I got to ask, what's the name of your clan? My name of my... Uh... Your followers, your listeners. Oh, um, it's just the John Papaloni show. Sorry, I thought I made that. <laughs> <I didn't say> that. <laughs> that is awesome. I like the ask, just in case. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, like uh, I'm from we're from Toronto, Canada. I mean, the listeners are pretty much everywhere. I mean, according to the stats, they're U.S., they're uh, Canada wide. They're I go, it's mainly North America. It goes a little bit outside, but not really that much. Um, where are you coming from? Like, cool. where? I am in Dallas, Texas. So hey, U.S., hey, Canada. <laughs> I love Dallas. I, hey, I want to go up there myself. Else. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. I um, usually start my podcast with a brief bio of who you are and what you do and how you got here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went black. So hi, everyone. I am Cherie Michelle. I am a leadership and team development coach. Um, I help businesses get to the six and seven figure um, mark in their companies by expanding their businesses with team building. And we go over the basics of building a business like marketing and how to successfully manage a team and things of that nature. So that is what I do. Now, how I got here, it was a whole lot of sweat tears and some more tears. I ain't even gonna lie. But it has been a very awarding journey. Um, I started this particular company in 2017, and I started in the financial realm, um, teaching people how to successfully start their companies and getting funding. And then that evolved into, well, what do you do once you get um, funding and you get your business started? Well, it's time to build a team. So we help um, entrepreneurs all over the world find their teammates to help them scale and grow their businesses. Fantastic. That's pretty good. Now, growing up, did you see yourself doing this? I mean, because I know you said you started off with the financial part and then kind of evolved, but. um... I was the candy lady, John. I was in second grade selling candy. I have always, always been an entrepreneur. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, um, I guess. When, they, when they used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grow, grew up, I would say financially um, stable. <laughs> financially oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so um, I have always had a knack for this industry. And before I knew it was an industry, I had a knack for it. So I'm here to stay. <laughs> Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, it's like I said, usually it's a, a lot of stories are where, you know, you start off with the lemonade stand, the candy girl, you know, like it's one of those things that sometimes I believe you can learn this, but I believe more people are sort of doing it because they were sort of born into it in the way, not that their family born into it, but born into it and like that feeling, that desire that, you know, what I mean, like it's something that everything else that was what that people deem normal never jive with them. So that's right, usually my experience. Right. Exactly. Like people, people wake up to become lawyers, right? 
So some people just have a natural knack to be a lawyer. Some people have a natural knack to save lives and become doctors. So some of us are just naturally entrepreneurs and that's okay. And some of us are naturally nine to fivers and that's okay too. Everybody is okay with what you want to do as long as it makes you happy. Yeah, for sure. Now, that, that here's the other thing. Did you even try the nine to five or did you know right away and just bypassed it? I, no, I worked so many jobs, <laughs> <laughs> so many jobs. But the thing about it is I have I've always been coachable, but I've never been one to like being micromanaged. I've always been one that's been independent and like just teach me the job and let me go do my thing. Um. Once I know my job, I'm going to excel at it. Even if I'm, and and I'm just being perfectly honest, even if I do a half job, I'm still more than likely overperforming everybody else. So no, I've been in the nine to five space. And even now I contract for companies here and there because business is, it's, it's a flowing thing. It's like water. So sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down, sometimes it's calm, sometimes it's violent businesses all of that stuff <laughs> for, sure. for sure now I, I again like it's always um like did you have any hesitation when you when you got into this business was there a hesitation and um and what was the uh, biggest struggle once you took the leap okay so i'm gonna be perfectly honest with y'all the biggest struggle for most people in entrepreneurship is they're hard-headed Hard-headedness is the the most, the, the just, it's the biggest struggle. I didn't want to grow a team or I didn't want to cold call or I didn't want to do this or I didn't want to do that. So um, when I came into the, when I, I made this my official journey and I decided that this was going to be my official lane, um, I had to kind of kill the excuses and kill all of the, oh, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. Some there's you have to eat a lot of crow to be successful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just got comfortable eating crow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, what was a, I'm sure you know throughout this journey, there's a moment we all have hesitations and, and wonder, you know, did I do the right thing? And um, have you had that moment? And 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 if you thought about that and said, well, if I'm doing the wrong thing. Where would I pivot to? Has that thought come to you? Or is it sort of, uh, you know, did you sort of just wave around it? Because some people never have that thought. Some people have that thought, like in the beginning going, what, do I, what have I done? <laughs> so uh, my journey is I've actually been in some sort of business pretty much my whole um, adult life, right? And I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm 37, guys. So from the time I was 18, I've had some sort of business, whether it be network marketing, whether it be weight loss products, whether it be something, right? So I went about doing that, that shiny object syndrome where I was hopping from foot to foot, right, for a little bit. And then in 2017, and, and I've taken breaks too, because Sometimes it gets hard and you get frustrated. And I know I'm talking to somebody directly. Business is not easy. And I know social media will make it look like it's all glitz and glams. But behind that glitz and glams is somebody probably balled up in a fetal position at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> Overwhelmed or under stressed or trying to figure out how money is going to show up to make the next moves happen. So 
Um, and and I folded to that several times. So don't think that this just happened. It didn't. I folded to the, oh, I don't have the money. So I'm just going to go do this. And in 2017, I was like, Sheree, you're just going to come back. Like, <laughs> you're just going to come back to entrepreneurship. So why don't we just stick this out? I don't care what comes up um, and, and what happens and what the the obstacle may be. Um, let's stick it out. And trust me, it was tested. Um, in 2017, the realm that I I went with was real estate. That was the first investment I made. And everything that could go wrong with that house went wrong with that house. Everything. Permits got lost. We got fined, went through three crews. Um, piping was bad. Like the city hall lost our blueprints and we had to start over. That in itself took four months. And so it was just one thing after another, after another, that was just wrong. And so I ended up losing like $100,000 on that house after it was all said and done. Now, the normal person would quit at that point, right? Yeah. I thought about it. <laughs> I really did. It was one of those fetal position moments. That's why I know they happened. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, I'm not leaving. So I just pivoted into the financial because there was things that happened in that experience that had I known better, I would have done better. And so I did my research and started helping entrepreneurs to better their financial journeys as far as their business was concerned so that they wouldn't see the kind of monetary loss that I did. And once I, we got good at doing that, then I started growing a team and I got stressed because I lost time in my day. I got so overwhelmed and so busy. Like I was running, running from sundown to sundown. Like it was 5 a.m. to midnight, six to seven days a week. And I ran out of time. I just ran out. So I started to hire. And then once I figured out that having a team was like the easiest thing to scale my business, I started teaching it and that's how I got to where I am now. Interesting. Yeah. Like it's, I, I think you learn the same way I do. You get kicked in the teeth and say, I'm not going to do that one again. <laughs> that's, the -headedness. that's the, <laughs> that is the number one problem for entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh man. Like I'm like, yeah, I'm like very, very quick to like, I got an idea. Let's do it. And it's like that simple. Yeah, that simple. Let's just do it. Why haven't we started? Let's, let's go. You know, you know, and then you start and you go, oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. But as you as you as you grow in entrepreneurship, those moments still happen. You just get better at at handling them. Right. It's kind of like your first apartment. Everybody had that first apartment that they stumbled through where they were trying to figure out rent to pay. Am I paying rent or do I buy food? <laughs> yeah. Do do I get food or do I put gas in the car? Like, what are we doing this week? It's a toss up. <laughs> so. yeah, 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 I've been there. Like the funniest one had um, I had my first condo, right? And it's like um, I remember I had a couple of people over or whatever, right? And uh, I remember they're uh, going to the kitchen, open the fridge, and they're like, "Hey, where's the food?" I go, "I said I was mortgage free. I didn't say I had any food." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, so, it was house for food. <laughs> yes. So I, P 
people relate to that because a lot of us we remember our first apartments where we had it was like oh man every every day was just one of them days where we were figuring out something and it's not that those things stop happening for us like life happens regardless it's just that we got better and more adaptable to handling them so the same thing happens in business for sure for sure again life happens for you or to you the same thing is going to happen it's just how you uh view it exactly so guys don't give up (laughs) (laughs) don't give up but but that's you know interesting because you did the real estate you took that hit and I'm sure that, like you said, it wasn't an easy uh, pill to swallow. Yeah. So um, that was Tyson versus a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? You can teach a course of what not to do. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we all go through it, though. But uh, yeah, that's awesome, though. I mean, like, now let me ask you, though, do, do you have any, uh, real, like, do you still dabble in real estate at all? or? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm the type of person, if something goes bad the first time, in my experience, a lot of things go bad the first time. And I don't take that as a bad thing. I take that as a great thing. Because if all the bad happens to you up front and you really learn from it, then everything else becomes easy. Yeah, that's true. So my first job, um, I was I actually went to go get my real estate license right when the market was crashing and I figured out the market was crashing. So I was like, well, I still want to do real estate, but I don't want to be homeless doing it. So I went <laughs> and I went into property management, right? Because there's a guaranteed check for that. And the first property that I worked at was horrible. It was in a bad neighborhood. It was shootouts every day. Like people were, it was, I, and I don't know, let me just put it like this. The organized crime in that neighborhood was real. If someone went out of town for a day or if they went to their parents' house overnight, they were robbed. Like, it was that bad. Like, yeah. the criminals figured out how to what apartments were vacant. They would break into the vacant apartment, rob the one next door through the wall, and then move all the stuff out. Wow. It was bad. Like we had tow trucks come in the middle of the night. And you know, in bad neighborhoods, tow trucks are normal because people's cars break down because they have older vehicles. Well, these tow trucks were not bringing vehicles in. They were taking vehicles out. So you people would wake up in the morning and their car would be gone because a tow truck came in the middle of the night and stole it. <laughs> wow. Not not that they got impounded. Their car got they they were so bold as to bring a tow truck and two steel cars. It was terrible. But I was the top leasing agent in that community. And I left that company after three months because I felt bad moving people in. Because who wants to live in that environment, right? But my next apartment complex, I was the top salesperson over the whole department like i was out selling everybody else combined <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so right because now i had a actual tool to work with i had something that was a i had a good neighborhood so i went from everybody getting robbed every day to everybody you know actually enjoying where they're living and they're in a great place to where they're okay with their kids playing outside. So I was able to sell the amenities out of that thing. (laughs) 
Awesome. See, that's the thing, right? You illustrated something here, right? And it's important to, like, when it comes to real estate, neighborhood is very important. And when you're working with someone in real estate, that you know that you have to make sure that the person you're working with is somebody who truly knows the neighborhood because if they're just going out of their way and they've never been there look at the kind of disaster you can end up with right, and like, the, the house i had was not in a bad neighborhood um the one that i rehabbed myself yeah no i meant the apartment my point i'm getting at is that like that that's the importance of knowing the neighborhood because you can end up in a, in a spot like that and not even know it until it's too late. Yeah, right? yeah it was terrible. It was terrible. The day that my last day there, there was a shootout literally 100 yards from our office. Wow. It was terrible. <laughs> I was so glad to leave that property. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Uh, champagne when you left, right? To celebrate that you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I was popping bottles. <laughs> Probably for that whole week. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, from there, you obviously you sold out, got the top of sales thing, you know, and um, obviously things were going well at that point. And so, what happened from there? <laughs> you won't even believe it, but the community that I was the top salesperson at, the second one, I actually got fired. I don't believe it. How? I got fired because I was making my manager look bad. Wow. Guess he wasn't doing sales. You can't be the person who outshines everybody so strongly. So, and when I, it wasn't even a competition. I think there was one month where combined the team did like 15 leases and I did 24 by myself. Wow. Now, how did you do that? Like, how did you build that? So sales is my baby. I know a lot of people run from sales, but I absolutely love it because I figured it out Um, with sales. And I hope there's some people struggling with leads on here because I'm about to tell you how to break that cycle, child. So what you do is you find out what they want. So when someone came to my community, my questions would be, so what's important to you? Like, what's that feature that you just have to have in your apartment? And I would sell them on that as soon as we got in there. And it could be, oh, I want a nice kitchen. I don't care how crappy the kitchen was. I'm going to sell it as a nice kitchen. Um, oh, I want space. Oh, well, I got the most spacious apartment you can think of here. If I know, um, and I would look at people's cars or I would ask them about their hobbies. So even, um, when people came in and we had like apartments that most people did not want, I would be able to sell them because I sold them on the benefits of it. Like, um, some apartment complex have those, those apartments that are below level, Like it's at the bottom, bottom in the back. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to get those apartments, but guys don't care. And guys, I'm putting y'all out on front street. You don't care where you live. So I would, anytime, you know, a couple of guys would come in, I would take them straight to those apartments and say, Hey, look at the privacy you have back here. Ain't nobody coming back here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's private. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, 
you you have some warning even if it was young guys i'd be like listen if you have you know multiple females you could just tell them meet you up at the top you know i'll come get you because it's dangerous that way they'll never sneak down you could look like a gentleman by saying i'm gonna come get you from the car and if you have another one in there you can you can oh figure that God. situation out real quick what a sales pitch so that's how- <laughs> Oh my god. Hey, how at least. You, yeah, well <laughs> sure. Like, how'd you even come up with that? <laughs> it's like... I'm telling you, I was coming up with some things, but it sold because a lot of people once you know what they're after or what the, their main goal is, then it's easy to tell to sell them the benefits of how this is going to benefit them. Of course, but I look like a gentleman and I get to play around. Of course, you're going to get this apartment. That just it was a no brainer. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so you should have called it the players' lounge. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, sales, sales 101, find out what they want and give it to them. That is the easiest way to sell. It's not about what you want. It's what they want. And if you don't believe that, look at some of the pitches that are out there right now. Like, um, you'll see stuff like learn how to make six figures in six months. Well, yeah, I want to make six figures in six months. How do I do that? Like, it's because somebody told them they wanted to make six figures in six months. So they made it a course or an ebook or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Right. But that's the thing, though. A lot of those uh, and that's where people have to be careful. And I'll give you an example like that course that makes six figures in six months. Most of it is horse crap. Right. Like they, the person making the money is making money on, on courses and nothing else. You know what I mean? And, and so sometimes you got to be careful, but yeah, I get your point. You're right. It is about delivering what the person's after, right? It's and then, and too many people out there are trying to talk about all the wonderful things that they can do and all the how wonderful they are and don't even register that the person they're talking to doesn't care about you. They're there to see the apartment as an example. They're there to see the apartment, want to know how the apartment is going to help them with their lives. They don't really care how many awards you get. They don't care how many, uh, you know, Pa'ata boys you've gotten. What they want to know is, can you get them the apartment they're after? Exactly. And what's the crazy part about that is when you give them what they want, that's instant trust. So those people would come to me before they came to anybody else because I was able to provide what they were looking for in the best way possible. And so that built trust in me. And I listened. I didn't just go into the home and be like, well, here's the kitchen. Here's the bedroom. Here's this. No, you have kids. Well, guess what? We have a pool right here. You can bring your kids down here on their off day, have them down here for 30 minutes. Girl, have a snack ready upstairs and they out. You got two hours to yourself. Mommy time. Guess what? Of course she wants to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I done gave her the whole play. So this is what you do. You come down to the pool. You have them rest for 30 minutes. You get on the phone with uh, with the pizza place. Call the pizza in. By the time they're delivering, them children is tied. You take them up. You give them a full belly, and they are out. You is good the rest of the day. Guess what? They want to Mom's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes Here's sense. 
here's something to make life simple. Like one of the communities I worked for, they had after school care. What do you think I was selling to everybody who has school age children? Guess what? You don't have to rush home. We have that provided for you here. So not only are you are you getting a valued apartment, but you're losing the expense of after school care because your apartment complex is providing it. <laughs> that that's great. See, right? That's feature. That's a good feature. And, and the thing is, another thing I'm hearing is that basically one of your sales specialties or part of marketing is niche marketing, right? You're, you found something that only applies to certain people and you found a way to find those people basically. So Absolutely. rather than trying to cater everybody, you're catering to the needs of the people you're finding. Everybody will keep you broke. Everybody will keep you broke. You don't want everybody. There's 6 billion people on this planet and it's probably seven at this point because, you know, China reproduces. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're like a sixth of the planet. Wow. <laughs> Let's be honest. So, um, so you only need, depending on the price point of your product, a thousand people to make you a millionaire. You probably only need 10,000 to make you a billionaire if you really, really look at it. So why are you trying to please 6 billion people when you only need 10,000? That, that's very true, right? Like, And I've come across that in my day, you know, with people. When I ask, who are you marketing to? Their answer is always everybody. And I'm just like, when somebody says that, you kind of know they're not really going to be catering to anybody. No, I have, um, I have friends and colleagues and of all walks of life and I have one friend and I love him dearly but he's trying to launch seven businesses at once and nothing is launching and I'm telling him focus on one even if you focus on one for six months get that to the point where it's profitable so I know somebody needs this and I'm gonna say it again focus on one Get that profitable and then take your tribe that you got with that one and sell them on the rest. Yeah, that's because a good one. Chances are your other products and services are going to benefit that one person. You're not just bringing stuff out the hat. You know, you may have something like, let's just say um, I have a friend who does credit repair and then they do business funding and then they do, you know, um, they do uh, LLCs and they do, um, they do Turo. So they have multiple things. Okay. So let's start on one line. Let's say the credit repair, let's go, go straight there. Focus on that for six months. And then when your credit customers are at the six, 700 mark, you'd be like, Hey, are you interested in starting a business? Well, guess what? We do business funding and you look like a prime candidate that can do business funding. Let's do that. And then once they get their business funding, be like, hey, have you figured out what you want to do with that business funding? Well, listen, Toro is a wonderful platform for you to make residual money without doing work. So you could take that business funding, get a couple of fleet of cars, and then you can sell, you know, lease the cars on Turo and make money daily without doing any work. You see how that just streamlined? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll be honest. I don't know what Turo is, but I'm guessing it's a, uh, obviously it's a, a leasing company. 
Um, so Toro is um, it caters to Lyft and Uber drivers. Okay, so, I got it. Um, yeah, it's a car rental company that a lot of people get their cars from if they don't have one. There's a couple of companies here that you can actually in the U.S. that you can rent cars from to do those services. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that's one of those models, and or, or Airbnb, same same thing. Here's business funding. Go here's some apartments that I know lease for Airbnbs. Take this business funding and go get you a couple of Airbnbs, and here's how you do it. You just set up three businesses off of focusing on one. That's true. Now, let me ask you something, like going back to the Airbnb, like when you got into your uh, real estate investments, did you ever consider getting a place for Airbnb? I did. I did. And um, so I'm very calculated in my moves. And I did not get the Airbnb at that time because I it was really close to where the pandemic started and I kind of uh. saw something big coming. So I wanted to see how the pandemic was going to um, affect Airbnb, as well as I saw some of the lawsuits that were coming out on Airbnb and how the market was changing. And I wanted to see how the market was going to change with those regulations, because some cities now ban Airbnb, like Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas does not allow in the city limits of Austin airbnbs you have to go you know you have to be top flight secret about it um new york is another place where it's very difficult to have a, a airbnb so um i wanted to see what that is but this year i will definitely be um getting into airbnbs absolutely okay that makes sense and i just learned stuff about airbnb i did not realize that there was uh, places that were banned That's yeah and it's it's, it's the cities um, because property damage was happening. Bad renters. Bad renters happen in every every rental space, right? Short-term, long-term, bad renters happen. So people were getting their toilets clogged and there was parties and it was vandalisms of neighbors' homes in those neighborhoods. And so people got tired of it. HOA communities have banned Airbnbs in some communities. Like, it's, it yeah. Airbnb does not name is not the best. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I, I'm personally, I prefer the long-term rents. You got a, per, a person there for a year or more. I don't, I, I think even with anybody going in and out, even if it's just wear and tear, the in and out in itself creates more wear and tear. But and, more for it. But with, even with Airbnbs, you can create a niche market. Like I have a friend who does Airbnbs strictly for traveling nurses. The wear and tear is not going to be there because a nurse isn't even in the house long enough to create wear and tear. <laughs> True. So um, you can still niche that down. Um, I know some Airbnb people who do um, Airbnbs for content creators. So their whole apartment is set up to where you can do videos and photo shoots throughout the whole thing. Um, and they charge four or $500 a night for areas that um, the average is $100. Yeah, okay. That's the whole point of Airbnb. Shorter terms, higher price, shorter terms. And uh, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. So it, it just depends on how you set up your business. If I do Airbnbs, I'm definitely going to go for um, the, the higher end professional market. Um, 
traveling nurses, salespeople, air, airline, um, airline personnel, those kind of clientele. Because uh, it just helps keep all of the just nonsense down. Makes sense. Now, let me ask you something. As we brought up the pandemic, how did that affect your business? It, it, it created multiple streams of income. It created it. Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I found from talking to people, like one of two things happened, either uh, the, the pandemic destroyed you or it built you up. There was no, I found very few people stayed in the middle. Yeah, no, it, it, it was definitely straight split. And the people with brick and mortars were the ones that hurt the most. Everyone who had online businesses or digital or had a digital extension to their business. So on brick and mortar companies who had online set up were fine. But the brick and mortars where it was just brick and mortar, oh yeah, they, 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 they may not be here any longer um so it was it was really just getting in front of the wave but yeah my company did amazing um as i said i'm a leadership and development coach and i help team building so in the instance of where more and more entrepreneurs are coming online where's the space that you want to be in helping entrepreneurs build their businesses that's a need so um And I kind of lucked up on it. Actually, I went to a conference. So how I became a leadership and development coach, already, I went to a conference shortly after I hired my staff. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my staff. I have a walkie talkie app and I would just be requesting stuff as I needed it. Like we would be having a conversation and they would be like, oh, I wonder how much it would be to do this. And I'd be like, hey, can you look up prices for this and this? on my phone. They were like, who are you talking to? And I was like, my sister. (laughs) (laughs) And then like three minutes later, the information would be in my phone and they would be like, hey, um, we're thinking of this, this, and this. And we were doing brainstorming sessions. So as we're at brainstorming, I'm sitting here like, hey, can you do chart this? Hey, can you look up that? Hey, can you? And I was getting the answers in five or seven minutes. Oh yeah, it's going to cost this. Hey, that's going to do this. The rules for this is this. And they was like, this is amazing. How do we do this? I was like, do I hear demand? (laughs) Some people will call that being an opportunist. (laughs) I mean, it happened like 17 times in a weekend. I would have like a a fish could have slapped me and it wouldn't have been more obvious. Like it was obvious. So I ran with it. Yes. Sometimes your calling is going to come up that way. Like people sometimes fall into the places that they want to be in. And I absolutely love money. Like I love the financial realm. But in that I found my biggest lesson. People are hard headed. They don't want to listen to you in the financial realm. They want to do what they want to do. Instead of approaching it as a long term strategy, they want the microwave results. So In working with people who are looking for leadership and team development, I know that they're going for long-term. They're going for long-term. They're looking to get their company to the 10-year mark. And one of the things that every company that has made it to the 10-year mark has in common is they have staff. That is 
that is that is one thing you have to have to make it to 10 years is staff. And of course, there's some solopreneurs who do, you know, services and they make it by themselves. But the the Fortune 500 companies and the ones that are big and are in the six and the seven, eight, nine figure marks, they have staff. That is for sure. That's the thing. You can't scale anything by yourself. It's impossible. No. Right. It's so impossible. You know, you always need a group of good people around you and you, you need to be able to, uh, and, and that's what scaling, scaling is growing. And if you keep trying to be by yourself, how are you growing? Right? There's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if you're uh, like a zombie and you don't need to sleep and you do work all seven days, at some point in time, you just ran out of time to work. You just, and, and that's where I found myself. That's where, I, that's exactly where I found myself before I hired. And it was not... I, I was exhausted and I was starting to resent my business. And yeah. I never want anybody in that place. It's not a fun place to be. No, definitely not. I mean, again, that's when you experience burnout, right? Ooh, so, absolutely. But, now with this, sorry, I was hearing things. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, right, going forward, right, like, what what is your like where do you see yourself in the next couple of years like what is what do you project you know with your company so my goal is to so my company right now helps two communities at this time um in the next 5 years i want us to get up to five communities and i say that slowly because i actually want to impact a community. So um, one of our services is we help entrepreneurs find their team. So we actually match them with teammates. And a lot of our teammates are in different countries. And so in doing so, not only are we affecting that country because now we're we're getting more of them employed, but we're helping the entrepreneurs in our in the US and Canada, because I do have a Canadian client. We're helping them um, grow their business. So we're helping the economies in this country because now there are sustainable business in place, right? So we want to expand that to five uh, to five countries. Um, our next destination is going to be the Dominican Republic. And so that's one thing. And I love being on stage. So I do see me putting together a package where I can help entrepreneurs get to their six figures in their first year. And that include coaching, funding, getting everything set up the right way, the accounting portion, the team building, all of that. We'll walk them through it. So uh, that's um, that's coming 2024 um, for us to have that program in place. Because Honestly, if I could stay on stage every day, all day, I would. I love speaking on stage. Right. So with that being said, do you plan to do some uh, speaking engagements? Like, you know, because you said you go to conferences, right? So I'm assuming part of your objective is to get on stage at the conference, not just go to the conference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when I go to conferences, I network so hard when I'm in a conference. The last one I went to, which was in... I take that back. The last huge one I went to was June of last year. And it was three days. 
And by the third day, so many people were coming up talking to me as I was walking through because I had met so many people that people thought I was one of the people on stage. They were like, who is she? Who is she? What does she do? I meet people. I network. Because in a network, you not... And let me put it to your followers like this. Guys, as a person who networks, you want to give. Give, give, give. When I meet someone, I give them advice. I give them my phone number. I give them what I know and what they may be interested in knowing because that builds trust in me. So if they tell me that they're after something or if they tell me, hey, I'm working on this and I know somebody who does that, I will connect them. I will make an introduction. I um A friend of mine actually had her grand opening for her um for her business a few weeks ago, she opened a, a business lounge and we were mingling and I was meeting people. And, you know, a couple of the people was like, oh, well, you know, I'm looking to expand in this direction. I was like, wait, I just met her. Let me introduce you. <laughs> and so I was doing it there. And so those people now are in my phone like, oh, I got to get up with Sheree. She knows everybody because I was instantly able to connect them with a the person that I had just met. And so not only did I give that person who they needed but i gave the other person a referral on our first day knowing each other guess what that builds for us trust and uh and a relationship which makes sense that's that, that's exactly it right uh, yeah like I, I find a lot of businesses are very very similar right i mean like uh, as a realtor a lot of uh, you know having realtor colleagues they all think oh our principles just apply to us and it's no fundamentals are fundamentals and it doesn't matter what business you're in maybe the way you utilize it might differ from different businesses but the fundamentals are the same are the same if you are dealing with the human body i don't care if you're in turkey if you're in the u.s you're in canada the brain works the same in every area there may be different treatment methods they might slight slighten differently but if there's a tumor there's a tumor in Canada, there's a tumor in the U.S., and there's a tumor in, in Turkey. It's it's the same thing. Business is exactly the same way. There are fundamentals that every business has. There's, there's certain things that companies that make it to the 10-year mark have, to the 20-year mark have. They have things in common. All you're doing is plugging and playing your idea. Whether you do weight loss, you still have to have leads. You still have to have marketing. You still have to have customer service. You still have to have accounting. All of that happens. Guess what? If you have an accounting firm, you still have to have marketing. You still have to have customer service. You still have to have accounting. They're all there. <laughs> it's true. But let me ask you something, right? Where I'm going with this is that, okay, so you're out there, you're networking. And I'm yes. sure you get a lot of people's contact information as well. Absolutely. What do you do with them? I mean, I know the answer, but I'm asking for everybody to hear. <laughs> so I actually have a time and a date um, once a week where I'll reach out to different people and actually connect with them again. So let's say that I meet you on Friday, Wednesday, I'll probably set it aside to just send out a text message. Hey, girl, how are you doing? We met at so-and-so. I would love to get together for lunch. You know, see, you know, just talk, have a conversation, you know, have or coffee. And the ones that reach back to me, I continue to grow with them. And the ones that don't, 
I when they I have a digital business card. So when they gave me their information, they automatically joined my email list. So then I'm just going to drip on them like that. Right. So there, which the point was that you followed up, right? I and a lot of people, clear. see a lot of people out there think that oh, I went to network and I passed on my business card, but they didn't call me. And mm -hmm. that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. You want the business, you got to go out there and get it. You have to call them. I mean, just like you're passing out business cards, so are they. By the end of the day, they don't remember who's who. So if you want to create a relationship, you have to follow up. And it can't just be, hey, I want to see if you want to buy my new air conditioning unit. It's You got to be genuine. Like you said, you got to give, right? Like I follow up with people who and people I meet, not even, they didn't even buy the house through me. But I call them up and say, hey, I remember we were talking about you had this renovation idea. Do you have a contractor? Do you know, need something? Like I got a plumbing and heating guy that might, I mean, not a plumbing, a heating and air conditioning guy that might be able to help you with your uh, air conditioning problem. You know, like I can uh, refer them to you if you'd like. Like you're reaching out to help them. Now they remember now you become that person's resource. So anytime that they have a problem with their house, they're going to call me because I become the resource. Need a plumber? I have somebody. Need an electrician? I have somebody. Need a HVAC person? I have somebody. So they just know when you need something, just call John. Call John. Right? Exactly. So I need to sell. Who should I call? John. Exactly. Right? That, that's, I'm, I'm the same person in my network. And if you're really smart, I'm about to give a gym, y'all. I'm about to give a gym. And you have a team, which you should as soon as possible. Um, Get your... When you go to a networking event, it's smart to take the business cards, take a picture of them and send them to your assistant. And then also send a note about the conversation, like just send them a voice message. Hey, I just met Tamla, the voice, and, and she'll see it. So the business card, then the voice note. Tamla is into this. She has two kids. We talked about this. So when I call her, those notes are in my follow-up. So I'll be like, hey, girl, how's the kids doing today? So... That gives me better memory of our conversation. And it's not just for me to be able to resonate with that person. But if I'm meeting 20 people, I'm not going to remember 20 stories. So it just helps me be like, oh, yeah, I remember her. We were talking about lawn care or we were talking about magazine articles. So then when I call them, I can be like, so did you get the magazine article that you were trying to get into? And oh, she remembered. She cares. Yes, I care. I can't, I genuinely want genuine friends. And um, one thing that I will be starting in Dallas now that it's getting warm, uh, I want to do um, I want to do walks in the parks with other CEOs. Just one, one, twice a month we get together and we just get away from our computers and we get away from our businesses and we just go out with like-minded people and walk in some of our beautiful parks that we have here in Dallas and just take a stroll together. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Like, I mean, again, it can't everything, every communication can't be about a sale, right? It's like, not. you have to be interested in the other person for them to take interest in you. Yes. And that works on so many levels because not only are we networking together and building a network of people, but we're getting outside because a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs and John, I know you're going to feel me on this. You'll get into a project, right? And you'll get focused on that project. And before you know it, three days then went by and you can't remember the last time you showered. Yeah. 
I think we've all been lost in those moments. <laughs> you be like, what day is it? What time the last when's the last time I saw some water? And I ask my clients that, and I promise you, every client has that story. Like every client can resonate with that because in entrepreneurship, you get so excited about a bank. You get an idea and you know you can pull it off and you know you got the market for it. And you're just like, let me get it together. And then three days go by and you be like, wait, have I been outside? Did I check the mail? Did I feed the dog? (laughs) Do I still have a wife? Honey, did you leave me? <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say, do you still have the dog? You know, we didn't feed the dog. Is the dog still there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the dog might have ventured off to the neighbor, so at least that guy feeds me. <laughs> right. So it's it's a crazy, crazy. I, I love entrepreneurship. I'm not going to lie. It has its down moments. And when they're down, they're down. Like, if you're not prepared to be emotionally stripped, don't get into business because it's going to find you in some moments that you are like, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I use the thing, what did I do to deserve you? So, and typically I use this on spouses. Some days you're like, oh man, what did I do to deserve you? And then other days you'd be like, Really? What did I do to deserve you? Like, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> that's funny. Your business is the same way, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. I was going to ask you that, like, I'm certain or I'm pretty sure that you just don't wake up in the morning and just say, hmm, what do I want to do today? I'm, You know, like, I mean, if you're anything like me. Yeah, you pretty much plan ahead. You have at least a couple of days ahead, if not more. So you kind of have your day scheduled out and you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, my to-do lists are real. So typically on the weekends, I will do a to-do list of all the things that I want to get done in a day. Now, depending on what my schedule will look like, I will schedule out two or three activities that have to get done every day. Now, I do time block sometimes, but Life doesn't allow for time blocking all the time. So if you hear somebody be like, time block, time block, life gets in the way, guys. So um, a method that works best for me is I will, I do brain dumps often. So if I have a ton of stuff in my head, I can't function like that because it's just doing this, right? So what I will do is I will actually write all of those things down. It could be a a list of 20 or 30 things long. And what I can delegate out, I go ahead and do so. And the things that I can't delegate out, I will say, okay, well, I'll do these two things on Monday and I'll make sure these three things get done on Tuesday. And it depends on how big the thing is. It may be one thing that needs to get done that may take me three days, but I have the steps that I'm going to work on on that particular item. So if it's like a course, I'll be like, okay, I write out the outline on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I'll perfect the outline and put it in the columns and I'll write the script. And then on Wednesday, I'll actually tape it. Now, it doesn't really happen like that. I'm just using this as an example. That process can be two, three weeks a month, but I'm just giving an example on here. So yeah, no, my time is definitely, definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's planned to the point where my family and friends will call my secretary to get on my schedule. Like they'll call my assistant. 
and be like, uh, block this time off Sheree's schedule so that she can hang out. <laughs> so, yeah, I block y'all block, especially if you have a spouse or a significant other, block out time for your significant other, block out time for your children. Like, those people are important and they're going to be there whether your business is there or not. So, please make sure that you take care of your personal relationships as you're growing a business. It's okay to block that time out. And make sure that you block out time for yourself. Absolutely block out time for yourself. As you get um, bigger and better in business, you're going to find out that you are going to want to better yourselves in different ways. And that can be mentally, that can be spiritually, that can be physically, because your business is going to require that you elevate as your business elevates. So be prepared for that. Right. Makes sense. Now, and I, I kind of knew that was going to happen because anybody's you can't just randomly do something. So, I mean, if you're leaving things to a whim, usually nothing goes as planned, right? Mm -hmm. or, um, and then nothing in business goes as planned, but you can't adapt when you don't know what you're adapting to. So, right. Yeah. You have to, you have to put a plan in place and be flexible with it. So exactly. you may put a plan in place. Okay. I want a website. Well, Let's let's make a, a, a two week time frame for this. But you found a designer that may not be available for two weeks. So now you have to put a month time frame to it. So you have a you have a deadline, but be flexible with it because things may change. Your audience may tell you something different. And if I leave you guys with nothing else on today's call, survey, 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 survey your audience, find out what they want. There's no way that you can figure that out without doing a survey. No way. Because what you think your audience wants and what they really want is two totally different things. Um, when I started doing the leadership training and the team development, I thought that my team, my, my clients wanted to make more money. That's what I thought. I thought they wanted to make more money. What they wanted really was to make more money, but they wanted less of their time taken to make that money that's specific that's totally different because you can make more money if you add a second job but that's eight hours of your life that you're giving away to somebody so they wanted their time back while making more money totally different yeah it's let's be honest it's rarely about the money it's, it, it's never about the money and and I used to, I, I, I promise y'all in my 20s, I was one of them people, you, you can say that because you got money. No, it's not about the money. The money is really, truly, and honestly a tool. It is a tool for you to be successful in other ways. It is a tool for, if, if you have $50, right? And your child asks you to take a day off and you have no time off anymore, if you only have $50, you're going to be like, no, nah, baby, we can't we can't afford to do that. But if I if I hand you a check for twenty thousand dollars. I bet you're taking that day off. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're going to be there for your baby. So money is a tool. That's it. It, it is a tool. It, and don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful one. I enjoy what money provides me, but I enjoy the, I, I would give, if I could give the same freedom that I get with peanuts, 
I would do it with peanuts. If I could get it with seashells, I would do it with seashells. Money is just the tool that the human race has decided is the tool that we use the way that we do. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. Then we're going to go into what I call a lightning round, with, which is just a little bit of fun. So <laughs> second last question is going to be, what would your advice be to any aspiring entrepreneur that's doing the nine to five and wants to leave the corporate culture to do his own thing, but is scared? You are in a magical place. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs down nine to fives, but I think they are a powerful position to be in because what happens when you get out here full term and you're full time entrepreneur is that you have to figure out everything and your business. With the nine to five, you have your general life figured out. So you aren't, you're not struggling to figure out the rent, the car notes and all of that. What I would suggest you do is budget to where you can carve out a team and just start with one. You can start with one. Find that one, that strong one that can help you build your business while you're at work. And you train them at night for the first couple of weeks and then they they run your business while you're at work during the daytime. And what will happen is that you will find that your income will get replaced faster and that you will be able to leave that job sooner. But there are so many entrepreneurs who have stayed at their jobs. Um, the the founder of FUBU, um, Damon Draymond, yeah, he stayed at Red Lobster until FUBU was a seven-figure company. He was a server at Red Lobster with a seven-figure company. I and did not know that. Yes. The young lady who did um, the Skims, Skims underwear, um, the, the body shapers, her as well. She did not leave her job until Skims was valued at over $100 million. So it's okay to keep your nine-to-five job do not let anybody pressure you because once you step all the way out in this realm, it, it, it's, it's a doggy dog world. So be make sure that you have a solid platform before you do. I, I encourage you strongly to stay at your nine to five until your business is successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I will hold your hand, girl. I hold your hand, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, last question. Is yes. How do you know you've had a successful day? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, If me and my mom didn't get into an argument, it's a successful day. <laughs> no, but um, honestly, if I feel that I have accomplished anything in the day, I, I, I believe in small wins. So if I chose a salad over pizza, I was successful that day. <laughs> if I um, if I got my to-do list done, because sometimes I'm overzealous with that and I, I stack myself high. So if I finish my to-do list, that's a successful day. If I didn't have to cuss anybody out professionally that day, that's a successful day. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so... Um, if you focus on the small wins, I found that you'll want to keep winning 
And it doesn't take much to want to keep you in that mindset. And even when you get a small, so if I say, I let's say I have 10 wins, I chose the right foods, I worked out today, I did my to-do list, I maintained my composure all day, but I lost $100 because a client left. Am I really worried about the loss? No, because I have all these wins right here. That makes sense. So I actually have one more question before we get into the lightning round, which is, where do people find you online? Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So look at the spelling of my name, guys, right there. Where's my finger? Where's my finger? (laughs) (laughs) So um, you can find me on Facebook at Sheree Michelle. You can also find me on Instagram at I am Sheree Michelle. Um, LinkedIn is Sheree Michelle and um, Clubhouse is at Sheree Michelle. And if you are looking for your teammates and you're at that point in your business where you're ready to grow, you can go to www.helpmefindava.com and me and my team will be happy to assist in you growing your team. Fantastic. Now to get into the lightning round, a few fun questions. (laughs) So, Question one, what is your favorite food? Oh my gosh, my own. I can cook my butt off. My own food is my favorite food, but it is closely followed by Italian and Mexican. (coughs) So you said you're a cook, right? I do cook. Mm -hmm. All right, what was the address? I'm going to come over. (laughs) (laughs) I will have you some stuffed ravioli ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And next question, what what is your favorite book? Oh man. Okay, so um two-part answer. My favorite business book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I love that book. I love that book. It is so I'm such a people person and when I read that I was like, "Ooh, I walk around complimenting people all day long. It's one of my favorite activities. <laughs> and then my second is my fictional, anything by Elan Harris. I love his writing. I absolutely love Elan Harris. So, yes. Awesome. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, I haven't been there yet. So oh. I don't know. Oh, okay. So the future goals. <laughs> I want to go to Bora Bora and I want to go to um, Maldives and I had trips planned, but COVID kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I get that part. Right. So I have to wait a little bit longer, but my favorite spot that I've been to so far. Oh, that's hard. Cause I travel a lot, but I will say I love going to New York to visit, not to live New York city. And I love riding the train through California. If you guys ever have an uh, opportunity, ride the train through California. I don't care what destinations, but just ride the train through. The 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 scenery is absolutely amazing. Interesting. I, I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, just go, um, go to like San Diego or go to LA and just ride the train to another city. Yeah, that sounds like, like interesting. That's awesome. And of course, lastly, but not least... What is your favorite podcast? Yours. Woohoo! I made the list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
absolutely yours. I, I think I was so happy when I saw you come up on the list um, for podcasts for me. So, yes, um, this has been fun, too. Just FYI. Oh, yeah. Fun. It's been a blast. I mean, usually I, I'm I'm cut off before an hour, but it was like I, I we just went on. It's past the hour and it's awesome. It's like I can I can keep going. But it's one of those things at some point in time. It's like, OK, the day's going on. I got stuff to do, too. And <laughs> invite me back (laughs) and we can talk some more (laughs) exactly (laughs) but i have had a wonderful time thank you so very much for inviting me today guys i hope you got something out of today's show i hope something resonated with you because that's my goal is to help people grow even if it's just a teach fantastic thank you again we will definitely have you back See relationship. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it works, folks. Exactly. People get to see it firsthand happen. <laughs> In person. You're getting it live on air. Awesome. That's hilarious. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me on. Guys, I hope you have amazing days, beautiful businesses, and even more beautiful kids, if that's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Bye. That has been a great episode. If you like what you saw, subscribe with the link below.